We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high-performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What is up, Coachable family? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, and I'm joined by Jessica Haley, the one that's always dancing, always smiling, always bringing the energy and the love. Super excited to have her. And today we are joined by Chris Vasquez, a technology investor and founder of Quantum Talent, which is a leading executive search firm for VC-backed tech startups. And he is also the co-founder and CEO of Through You, a nonprofit focused on building schools and clean water systems across Asia, Africa, and South America. He is a go-getter and he is a huge action taker. And I am super pumped to get to know him. Chris, welcome to the show. I am pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay. So I just have to say two, two things really, really quick. So I've known Chris for many, many years and um, I have had the honor and privilege to watch this man's journey and him turn thoughts to things in ways that I have just been mind blown. The circles that he associates himself with, what he has gone and done in business and in life, but also just the human that he is and the heart that he has, the integrity that he lives with. And, and like, honestly, he's just, he's one of the dopest humans I've ever met. And I just am really excited for this conversation, you guys. I've known him for many, many years and you guys are going to get to know him as well. And um, you're going to fall in love just like we all have. So. Mm. Chris, thank you for being here. Seriously. You're going to make me blush. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you sitting in the world right now? Because I'm looking at your backdrop and it's gorgeous. So tell us where you are and how long have you been there? Like, is this where you grew up? Give us a little bit of background. No, I'm in Miami. I moved here a year ago. I was in Bay Area for 15 years, traveled around the world for a while, went to San Diego for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And uh, about a year ago, it was just too slow. I wanted to be around big dreamers and big action takers and be around the center of where everything was happening. And that's Miami. So moved out here a a year ago and it was the best decision I've ever made. Mm, Nice. I lived in San Diego for a little while too. And it's it's close to home. Like I absolutely love it, but you're right. There is, it's a different pace. And I also think I'm like, when I was living out there, I was like, does anyone work or is everybody just like surfing? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Chilling? I don't know. I was just, it's just a different pace of life. And Miami's definitely more of like a, like a fast pace, like entrepreneurs and big things happening down there. What are you working on right now? Tell us a little bit about your professional background and also just like how you've ended up doing what you do as a CEO and as a founder of not just your big talent firm, but also a nonprofit. What's the evolution of Chris Vasquez in like a, in the short form, like give us a little bit. I'll give you some real quick context because I'm pouring into (laughs) your uh, audience here, but uh, it's actually a random story. I got into this field. I was hitting on a girl at a career fair 10 years ago nice. at, a college, at a college campus. And uh, she said, Hey, come interview for my company. I said, absolutely. And uh, I took the job. <laughs> so I got entered into the like recruiting space just by a complete accident and then went and worked at a few companies, had some initial failures, figured some shit out. Fast forward eight years was kind of 
uninspired. I said, I've seen all these companies and how they do business. And I just feel like I could do it a thousand times better and at a thousand times bigger scale and just with a different level of greatness and standards and just in a way that inspired me. So I decided, hey, what do I want to do with this skill set I've developed, which is basically being able to recruit anyone into any company in the world, right? Which is the most important thing I think is companies at the end of the day are just people, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I know how to get them, what would inspire me? So I said, okay, I want to work with the most inspiring CEOs that are building the future. I want to build entire companies, not just place a few people. I want to invest in these companies so we have skin in the game and we can share the crazy upside when they go public. And I want to work with an inspiring group of humans that has 1% standards for their life and be a part of this incredible tribe that I couldn't find at any other company I went to. So I said, if I can't find it, I might as well create it. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, it's only been three years. We've got 60 or so clients. We've helped build several multi-billion dollar companies from early stages. We've invested in some very successful companies. Now my network is some incredibly inspiring CEOs that are building some ridiculously cool companies. And every day I get to work with an amazing team and basically help other founders accomplish their dreams. You know, they've raised hundreds of millions of dollars and now they need to bring the right people together and the biggest executives on earth into this special culture and go from a couple hundred million to 10, 20, 30 billion. And so um, I get to be their partner to help them achieve their dreams. And I get to do that with a lot of people. And because I have ADD, I can't just do it with one company. I have to, I, I love being a part of so many people's stories and I love human connection. So I got lucky because I love, I love building relationships. I love being valuable to people and I love building. And so I just decided to take the skill set that I initially got from working with the companies and just take that to a different level and kind of paint my own painting with it. Mm, I love that. I mean, like this work ethic and drive to like help build other people, help other people build their dreams as you build your own and like work with the 1% in the world. Like where does that drive come from? Has that always been in you? Have you always been competitive in that way? Like wanting to be the best and work with the best, or is that something you like stepped into in later in life or when were you started? When did you start to get surrounded by people who were like really operating at that high level? I would say there's two pieces to it. So one, your upbringing is very important and it's not just your upbringing. It's how you perceive your upbringing. Right. So my dad was one of 10 kids, you know, mm -hmm. grew up in poverty, was working in the field since he was six years old, immigrant family. And so I learned from him just pure, relentless work ethic and also just to love people and treat everyone equally and not put people on pedestals. So he taught me that humility and work ethic. My mom is and was a very successful executive uh, at Westfield. So I got to learn from her you know, what it looked like to be at the top of the business game. And she just drilled this work ethic into me. I didn't miss a, I didn't think, I don't think I missed a day of school till seventh grade. So even when I had yeah. 103 fevers, I was at school. Like I had, I had to do that because I wanted to impress my mom and impress my mm -hmm. family. But I think beyond that, I don't think I had this level of drive always. I think we can go into the matrix later, but I was definitely trapped in it for most of my life and living it far below my potential. But I also believe that your voids create your values. So whatever you were missing as a kid is going to drive your values as an adult. And so when I was a kid, I felt like a 50-year-old soul trapped in a six-year-old's body. So I was like always writing poetry. I was writing music. I was reading and writing all the time. And I was a creative and I felt isolated a lot of times. I felt like a little bit of a black sheep. Like I wasn't picked first in sports. I didn't have crazy self-esteem. So I wasn't popular as a kid and I felt alone and I wanted to be connected. I wanted to belong. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, what do I do for a living? I'm a super connector. What's the, what's the best way to not feel alone? It's to have the craziest network in the world, right? So that void of not having that human connection and tribe and sense of belonging and feeling like I was part of the cool kids, you know, now that drove this insatiable drive to want to be in the center of what's hot and what's happening and building the future of all this, these technology companies with the people that everyone else is talking about. So that seed, I think, was planted from that pain as a child, but I cultivated that in a healthy way and went through a lot of personal development to be able to channel that in a productive way that helped people. So one of the things that I've admired about you from day one is you lived in a house with five individuals or four individuals or what I don't, you're going to have to walk people through this. But I, when I met you, you lived in San Diego and it was like a creator house and you had like dope humans. You guys rented the sickest house. And then I remember when you were, you got to this place, you were like, Jess, I'm ready to level up. I'm ready to like, go, go like surround myself with 
like the best of the best in Miami. And um, I'm going to go get a dope spot. You're sitting in that spot right now. I've been in that penthouse multiple times. That is one of the sickest spots I've ever walked into in my entire life. And I remember you taking a tour and me seeing it on social media and you walking into each room. And I just want people to understand what you have done. I mean, you are the sum total of your five closest associations. We already know that. Yeah. And so is your bank account. And when you built what you built as far as those associations and your environment in San Diego and then went and duplicated it again on a whole different scale. And then I, you know, there's even more layers to it on who you put in those rooms to make sure that you are going to be surrounded by the best of the best energy to then that of people that are in creation mode that are like grinding it out. Like I want you to paint that picture for people because I think that we know that we are the sum total of our five close associations, but you have strategically built your environment as you have gone to new chapters of your life. And that has been extremely conducive for what you've gone and created as far as results go to. Yeah, that's so important because it was not always like this whatsoever. If you, if you rewind the clock even four years ago, love all these people. A lot of them are still my friends that I love to death. I was partying a lot and I was going out and doing shit that was just not aligned to this big future I wanted to create, right? And you got to realize not everyone wants the things you want. And so you either have to sacrifice your dreams or sacrifice time with people that you love if they're not going in the direction you want to go. So at that point in time, uh, they were going out to clubs a lot. They were just going out and they, they weren't pursuing self-growth. They weren't pursuing big dreams. And so I just distanced myself and I ended up going to do things alone. I went to a ton of personal growth seminars, just a ton. Like I think my first year of diving into personal growth hardcore, I, I spent like 100, 150 grand and just going to every seminar and every course and every mastermind I could go to. Cause I just knew for me, I needed to get into proximity of people I wanted to be like. And that meant I had to go alone at first. I had to go out there and put myself out there. But I, you know, I, I, I always talk about this turning FOMO into JOMO. I had to learn how to, how to turn fear of missing out into joy of missing out. Right. I spent all my Fridays and Saturdays alone reading, studying, mastering material, journaling, doing visualization exercises. And I had to like separate myself and go into the darkness, similar to like a Polaroid photo, right? You go into the darkness, develop it, bring it into the light. It's a picture, right? You have to go into the darkness and build yourself. And then I got in the right rooms and, you know, I got in these rooms and I realized, wow, that person's doing that. And the, when you're around that energy and you're seeing these people and they become your friends, it becomes more possible for you. And yeah. you're only going to pursue something that you genuinely subconsciously believe is possible for you. Yeah. Right? And then I saw these people and I'm like, you know what? I like that guy, but there's no way he's smarter than me. There's no way he's more driven. There's no way he has more charisma. And if he's doing that, I know I can do that. I can do it better. Right. And so you got to have some level of self-belief. People might be like, ah, you got to be cocky. You have to be cocky to an extent with some level of humility to do great things. You have to believe that you're destined for greatness, but those proc those associations help me think different. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing. If you're hanging out with the same friends every year over and over, and you're not evolving your circle, you're reinforcing their thought patterns, their, their habits, their belief systems are transferred to you. We have mirror neurons in our brains. So whether or not we want to, we're mirroring people that we love and that we're spending time with. And so if you don't want their habits, if you don't want their results, it's not that you have to cut people out, but you have to be intentional with who you're spending most of your time with, yeah. right? So I spend time with people that are hungry, that want to level up. And I love pouring into them, but I also spend a lot of time with people that are above where I'm at, not just financially. It's not this, it's not this superficial thing. A lot of people say, I spend time with people that have qualities that I admire that I want to develop more of, whether that's leadership, whether that's discipline in business, whatever it could be. So I think that was the big launching point for me. I got in these rooms and these personal growth seminars and started uncovering some of my limiting beliefs and talking to people who saw things in me I couldn't even see in myself at the time and just started to disintegrate some of those limitations and surround myself with killers, with, with people yeah. that are really going after it. And that starts to level your temperature up. When you're around people that are doing huge things and they want you in their circle, you're like, energetically, you must be doing something right because they see value in you. You're valuable to them. And ultimately, that's the key. You got to have the right associations. You got to constantly evolve. It's not that my old friends are no longer my friends. I still love all my friends, even ones I don't talk to for six months at a time. But I'm hyper-focused on becoming the peak of what I can be. And so I have to be intentional with being around people that are after the same goals or are on a similar trajectory. Not that necessarily have everything, right? Because I don't want to pick friends superficially, but I want friends that add value to my life that I can add value to. 
that want to grow at a similar trajectory. That's the basis of it. Yeah. I hope you guys are hearing this because like, this is so real and so practical, but also when you are going through a transformation, it also can feel really scary if you are in the darkness right now, or you are in a part of your life where you're like, I want to level up. I want to create a change. I want bigger things for myself, but the people I'm currently surrounded with are not those people, but I'm afraid to go walk this road alone for a little while. And I, and I, was having a conversation with a client this morning about this exact thing, which is there has to be a death for there to be a rebirth, right? There has to be an ending for there to be new beginnings, for there to be new space, for new things to come in. And it can feel in those times when you're like showing up to seminars by yourself or like going to a networking event and you don't know anyone obviously it's not ideal, but it's a starting point and it's putting one foot in front of the other. And then you grow that momentum. And I love what you were saying. It's like getting around these people starts to heat you up. And I think about like an eye on a stove, getting around people who are doing more at a higher level than you is like getting next to a hot eye. You're going to heat up naturally by being close to it. Yes. No, I love the way you put that people heat you up. And I think this applies to every category. I think one thing we, we mess up with is just because this person's crushing it in business, we just want to model that person everywhere in life. That's bullshit. Yeah. I'll do this with a relationship coach. If I want a better relationship, I'm going to go to my friends that have four or five, six year relationships that are thriving. I just want to learn from people that have results, right? Results, physical results are evidence of spiritual evolution or evidence mm. of your own growth. So I think that's the key is I want people with evidence that I want to model after in any area of life. So it's not just people that are crushing it in business and are making billions. It's people that have demonstrated excellence in that area that I want. And to that point of being in those rooms, you know, you might have a belief that it's not possible to have a thriving marriage after 20 years where you're still crazy, sexually attracted and mentally growing together. But then you hang out with a few couples that have that and you're like, oh shit, this is possible. Same thing for me. I was like, oh, this number in business would be crazy to reach. And then I talked to one of my CEO friends and I told him my goals and I thought he was going to be like, good job, Chris. And he looks at me, he goes, Chris Vasquez, why the fuck would you think that's small? Right? Mm. Because he has a multi-billion dollar company. And so when I'm around all these guys that are at 10, 100X where I'm at, um, it has me rethink things. And I think right. that's a very healthy dynamic. You should have friends that cause you to rethink what's possible for you and can see the gifts that you have and see your potential and challenge you, even if you're crushing it, to think bigger. Those yeah. are the kind of people you want in your life. Well, I think what we're talking about is shifting our identity and you said identity is the most important concept to master in order to be successful. So why is that? And how do you think people can take control of their identity and start to shift that if that's something that they're looking to do? This is one of my favorite things in the world to talk about because it's everything. So your identity is this invisible force, right? It's your unconscious beliefs and expectations about yourself in the world. And it governs your entire series of results. You can't outperform your identity. And the best way to think about this, I think is an iPhone. If you look at this, if you look at an iPhone, you have all these different apps on the phone, but there's an operating system underneath that. So when it says, do you want to update your iOS to iOS 14? If you don't do that update, all of your applications will not perform like you want them to. They'll mm -hmm. slow down and some of them will even crash. It's the same thing. Your applications are your, your family, your fitness, your, your finances, if you don't upgrade the operating system, your applications or the elements, the aspects of your life, they don't upgrade. They're, they're constricted by the operating system. So that is your identity. What you believe you're worth, how much money you believe you're, you deserve, what kind of relationships you think you deserve, all that is governed by your identity, which essentially is your self-image. It's how you see yourself. You can't outperform or get results greater than the perception of yourself. It's the lid to your entire experience of this world. And because we see the world not for what it is, but from who we are, you want to take responsibility for how you see yourself because it's a reflection of the entire world you see around you. If you want to experience peak results in any area, you have to realize it takes a constant death and rebirth to your point of an identity. A million dollar CEO, a $10 million CEO, a $50 million CEO, a hundred million, a billion dollar CEO have different belief systems. They have different levels of self-perception of what's possible. They have different character traits developed from those beliefs. And so each level 
you go through requires you to release or adopt new ideas about yourself in the world that allow you to, to transcend. And the results are a reflection of that evolution internally. People, I think, get tri tripped up on this. I don't really need a billion dollars. Like that, who, who the hell needs a billion dollars? Missing the point. The person who makes a billion dollars has to become immeasurably valuable to other people and cultivate themselves as an incredible leader. They have to learn how to relinquish control and their ego to be able to expand and elevate and empower other people to do things at scale. They have to be exceptionally disciplined. They have to master their emotions. Mm -hmm. All these things are an opportunity for us to evolve internally. And then the results become an external reflection of that. As I look at life, your identity is the thing you want to focus on because if you don't have a result, it is not because you're not good enough. It's not because you don't have the skills. Your paradigm, your set of beliefs about yourself in the world are not conducive to what you want. There's a dissonance. Because mm -hmm. if you were it, if you embodied that identity, in a period of time, the world would have to reflect those results back to you. So all that is is a signal to you that there's some work to do to internally expand into that container that you want to fill. And so I just think it's really, really important to always examine, you know, where am I at now? Point A, where do I want to be? What are the beliefs, the character traits, and the skill sets of person B that has all of these things? Where am I? Now, what are the differences there? What's the dissonance there? Mm -hmm. And being intentional about saying, hey, I need to actually shift this belief, or maybe I really want to make millions of dollars, but I keep having this idea that money is evil. Yeah. And that people that are rich are assholes and I don't want to be an asshole. So therefore I'm, I just want to stay where I'm at. Yeah. Right. So you have to re-examine and recreate your relationship to yeah. the concepts like money, like people, like whatever it is. So it's really a beautiful process of, I call it identity elasticity, right? It's being able to be elastic and transition through identities with minimal resistance, it could take you 10 years in between each level, or you could level up one after the other. It's based on your resistance to giving up and then adopting the new. And so if you can master your identity, if you can take control of your, if you can one, become unconscious or sorry, conscious of your blind spots through coaching or through good friends, through seminars, become aware of your limitations. Now you have the ability to label them and break through them. Then you, there's no limit to what you can accomplish because you're aware of your blind spots now, you're crushing through them and you can just level up in life at whatever pace you want because you're aware that it's your identity, your internal state and world that is creating this external world. So you essentially become limitless and uh, nothing outside of you can stop you. Dude, limitless. We got to put, put that on a t-shirt. I like that was going to be, <laughs> that's going to be a t-shirt that's coming out. But I love that you said all of this because that's the framework that I take myself through and my clients through. And this is going to be a shameless plug for those listening. If you actually want something practical, tangible that you can do to follow along with what Chris just outlined, which is identifying where you are, what's the current reality and current facts of your situation in every aspect of your life, health, finances, relationships, spiritual, like family, whatever, where do you want to be? And then bridging the gap between what's in the way we've developed something called the upgrade your reality roadmap which is a free download that I'm going to put in the show notes so that you guys can grab it. So it's a download that you can actually go through, fill in the blanks for every area of your life. And you can start to identify what are the limiting beliefs? What are the actual, maybe the skill sets that I need to develop to get to the, where I want to be? What are the habits that I need to develop? What are the, yeah, the, the, the beliefs I need to let go of that are holding me and keeping me where I am and preventing me from getting re those results. So practically, if you want to go through that exercise, I really encourage you guys to go and download that right now, because that's something that you can do. That's going to have a dramatic effect on not just your identity, but your overall results. And that's literally the framework for how we start to shift this stuff. Cause we can't shift anything that we're not aware of. To, to replug that People that get results do that work. I've done that exercise or something similar to it hundreds of times. I've rewritten my vision thousands of times. I've, uh, you know, deep journal sessions every day of how can I be better? Where am I limiting myself? Where am I not experiencing freedom? Where am I experiencing resistance in life? Just trying to give myself more cues as to like, what's going on in here that's preventing me from manifesting what I want out here. That inner work is the stuff people don't see. They're like, oh, look at you crushing business meetings. Right. That's the external shit. That's like the tip of the iceberg stuff. The under the iceberg inner work, the deep meditations, 
the the somatic healing therapy, inner child therapy, the constant journaling, the, doing these questions all the time, not just one time thinking you're going to write down all your shit one time and all <laughs> have all your answers, right? But dedicating your life as a process, as a system of constant self-evolution. And if you show me your calendar, I'll show you your life and where you're going, right? If that's not booked for 30 minutes to an hour every day, it's just not a priority for you. And you should not expect these asymmetric results that you see the 1% having. you got to do shit like that. Drop the freaking mic. Chris, what you've built, I, and I and I don't, I don't even want to take this away. Like, I want you to share with people what you've truly built, like from the network that you've gone and built. Like, I want you to brag on yourself for a second, because what I've seen you go create in just such a short period of time, just by making the decision and going and executing on that and putting your head down and doing that self evolution. Like, what does that look like for you over the last few years? Give people reference points of what's yeah. possible for them. I'll give you a context of what we built in the last few years. And then I'll take you right back before that to show you the, the, the it was almost a diametric opposite. So like, in it the wasn't last, handed to you. Oh God, no, I'll, I'll share, I'll open up like exactly where I was mentally and in my life before that too. But yeah, in the last few, first year in business, I had, look, this dream I had to work with all these CEOs and these startups and these VCs. When I launched the company, I had zero experience. I had Fortune five, I had, I had tangential experience, but I had no venture capital connections. I had no startup experience and sorry for my clients listening if they are, but I had no executive search experience. <laughs> I had never placed a single executive in my life, but I told everybody that that's what I was the best in the world at. Right? <laughs> I, but that, there's something there too, because if you can communicate something with more certainty than anyone else, then right. they, they adopt your frame. So they, they just play, wow, if that person sounded so certain that I have no reason not to believe them. And so that's a big thing is actually not faking it till you make it, but embodying it before it's manifested, right? Yeah. Oof. If you yeah. know Tara Blakely's husband, Jesse Itzler. Jesse Itzler did that with his marquee jet. Yes. <laughs> that story is hilarious. And I always think back to like, to that when he was telling people he owned all of these jets in order <laughs> to get business that he did not own. So yeah, I, it, I definitely have heard it's that. It's crazy because you like, again, you don't need all that. You just need to have this un, undying belief that you can figure anything out. Right. And so I, I think there's a, a little plug for karma here too. Cause my first client, the day I launched my company, by the way, I was fucking terrified. I had seven years of results in the industry, not at this level, but I had, I had a lot of results and I was still fucking terrified. And I launched right at the pandemic. So it was the worst time in the world to launch a, a recruiting company when every company in the world went on a hiring freeze. It's getting right? fired. <laughs> so, but my first client, a guy called me the day I started my company, someone I helped five years prior. I helped him get a job. I didn't take a fee for it. I just did it to help the guy. And he said, hey, I'm at this amazing company now. And I want to introduce you to the CEO out of the blue. And it happened to be a company called ClickUp, mm. which CEO and I ended up becoming good friends. Uh, I got to invest in the company before venture capital came in, uh, you know, out of, at a very small valuation. We ended up you know, doing millions of dollars with this company right off the bat. And that company became a $4 billion company two years later. Yeah, we use ClickUp. <laughs> oh, okay. So you know ClickUp. So yeah, we I got them. lucky. I got lucky, but I also had done some good shit in the past that building those relationships and just pouring into people paid off. But after that, and you know, rapidly growing, landing a partnership with Andreessen Horowitz, which right now I think is the number one VC in the world, and just working with some hot companies like Board Ape Yacht Club. If you guys know those monkey NFTs, yeah. uh, Autograph, and I mean, there's so many cool companies out there that we have this incredible portfolio now. And you know, my first year, I was just grinding. 100 hour weeks, 5 a.m. Wow. p.m. every day with a half day on Sunday, right? Like nonstop. I was a machine because I was desperate. It's burn the boats. It's either win or die. And I was unwilling to lose. And so with that happening, you know, the first year candidly, I made about a half a million bucks, which was not bad. I wanted to make more, but you know, our, be our best month was at the end of the year, which was hundred K for a month. And I was like, wow, it finally hit hundred K a month. But I always think in quantum, quantum time leaps, right? Like that's why I named the company quantum is like, how do we create asymmetric exponential results? I hate incremental progress. I, I just want expansive, rapid progress. I'm like, well, how would we do, you know, if we did 500K this year, how could we do 500K in a quarter? So I believe that's one great way to create breakthroughs in your life is to, is to compress timelines, get a result you've gotten, but do it in a fraction of the time such that when you do it, you, you break through what you thought was possible and just repeat that. So I said, okay, how do we do 500 a quarter? We did 500 the next quarter. I'm like, okay, how can we do 500 in a month? 
did that the very next month. So I'm like, wait, how, can we do a million a month? Did a million a month that same year. And I only had one person in the business at the time. So, uh, you know, within my second year of business hit my first million dollar month. And so I just kept thinking in quantum timeframes, how do we, like, how would I have to operate? How would I have to believe, you know, what would I have to do differently? And what would I have to stop doing and stop believing for that to be possible? And I always think that way, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how, you know, our North Star now is a hundred million with under a hundred people, which is a million per capita, which has never in the history of the world been done in my industry. So for me, that's inspiring. I want, I wanted that for me signals that we're the most elite company in the world in terms of value per capita. So I'm always thinking about how we do that, but we've, we've grown a lot and had a lot of success. But just before that, I was in a mentally fucked space. I'll put it that way. I had, I had done two years of hardcore personal development, 40 to 60 hours per week on top of the job I was doing. So it was probably still 80 to 100 hours a week, just more focused on me. And I had learned so much knowledge that I was not applying. And uh, when you okay that it starts to like combust inside you and you have yeah. all this wealth of knowledge. And that's actually a signal from the universe because you're not supposed to hoard knowledge. You're supposed okay. to give it, you're supposed to cultivate that knowledge and use your experiences to implement and practice in the real world to become who you were destined to become so you can help other people be who they're meant to be, right? And so I wasn't, I was just hoarding knowledge, playing small. It was mentally unhealthy. I was losing my mind. I was like, I just got to go for it, right? And now in hindsight, I should have just done it earlier, but sometimes you have to hit that threshold for yourself, right? But sure. I, you know, I had a big limiting belief that I uncovered a couple of years before. And I'll share this super quick story because I think it can give people a sense of what's possible when you really do the work. I was at a seminar called Landmark, which some you guys might be familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, I want, I have these dreams of being a leader and building a nonprofit and, and, and building this amazing company, but I, I just don't believe it. Like, I, I know I could be a leader, but I'm not taking action. I just, there was something inside my chest that would tighten up when I wanted to go take action. I couldn't do it. And we did a exercise and I went back to a memory when I was 12 years old in a baseball game. And it was a little league baseball game to go to the playoffs or world series or something. And it was bottom of the ninth, two outs. We were down by one pop fly to left field. I run through third base. I'm running home to tie the game and I slide and I get tagged out and we lose the game. And I look over at the dugout and my teammates throw their hats on the ground. They throw their mitts down and they're, they're furious and they don't talk to me. They just completely isolate me. And it was, I felt so much shame and so much guilt from that. There was two things that I said. I said, one, I don't need anyone. Fuck everybody. I'm just going to do shit on my own. I quit all team sports for the next 15 years. You know, I'm just going to be a solo guy. But the second thing I said that really fucked me up was never put me in a position to lead because I will let everybody down. Oh. That's the story that I created, right? And when I discovered that at 27, that I was still a 12 year old at 27, based on my actions and belief systems, from that story I created from that event, I was like, wow, this is why I haven't done all the things I want to do is because I have an unconscious belief that's part of my identity that was not aware of that. I could not be a leader. I would let everybody down around me. And when I uncovered that, I saw that that was some flawed, a flawed algorithm with bad coding from mm -hmm. a 12 year old. I said, wait, let me rewrite this because now I know it's not true. And when you can see clearly that something is false in front of you, now you can rewrite it. So I said, I am a leader. But hold up. Once you affirm, I am a leader, that does not make you a leader. You have to back up your new affirmation with evidence. Shifts occur from evidence but you have to believe that and then go back it up. So I said, you know what? I wanna go build a school. I've taught English in different countries before. I wanna go build a school and do something really meaningful for the world that's gonna have a real impact. And then in that seminar I said, hey, I'm building a school, who wants to join me? My current roommate, Johnny raised his hand. He said, let's, let's do this thing. And we ended up building a number of schools in, in several countries and quickly put a team together, raised money and it didn't go perfect, but we did a great job and it was probably the best experience of my life. But that was one, piece of evidence now that confirmed my new belief that I am a leader, right? Showed up at work differently. Instead of trying to be the alpha male, just trying to overcompensate and prove that I was the best. I said, you know what, instead of trying to take all the shots, how about I give other people shots and I help them see how great they are instead of trying to show everyone how great I am. And then that I got promoted to be a, a head of that department in like three months after that. I'm like, oh shit, I'm onto something. But that was it. I started stacking evidence against this new belief that I wanted to create that I am a leader. And ultimately over time, it was those stacked up that gave me the confidence 
to go launch a company and now scale it and take on more and more risk and more responsibility because I fundamentally trust myself because I've stacked so much evidence that I am a leader, not because of just what I've done for the people, but how I lead myself, mm-hmm. how I show up in my own morning routine every fucking day, how I show up to the gym six days a week, how I read a book every two weeks. All those things are just building trust with yourself to build this new identity that then gives you the platform to create what you want. Dropping the mic like 18, every time you stop talking, I'm like, drop it. Drop. I mean, it's so good. It's so, so good. I'm curious, like hearing your results, hearing like where you were and where, how you climbed out of that, how you had this epiphany and got this new awareness about what was holding you back. And then what you did about it is super, super inspiring and relatable. I mean, how many of us had something similar happen, yeah. you know, when we were younger that we don't even think of, we, you know, we don't think about, but we probably carry around that subconscious is preventing us from showing up in the most powerful way and and feeling confident in our abilities and trusting ourselves like all of that is part of the evolutionary process too like that's part of our journey is 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 coming into those new awarenesses and 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 to to stretch into those new you know roles and identities and things and it's like but I'm just curious like when I talk to people like you, I get super inspired because I'm like, yeah, yeah these are my people. <laughs> this, this is my type of people. <sighs> okay, here's my, this is genuinely, I want to know for myself, when is enough enough? When is enough Ooh. enough? It's an interesting question. <laughs> I feel like the question in a sense presupposes scarcity. Or just like hit it, like this idea of reaching our full potential. Yeah, right? it's, it's a very tough concept because you can end up, you can end up turning into this high performance engine that's just hitting milestone after milestone in life. And you like, it's an endless goal, right? There's an endless amount of money you can make. There's an endless yeah. amount of everything you could do, right? You could always lose 1% more body fat, kind of. Um, but or when the, your identity is so wrapped up in yeah. achieving results, is there ever a time where you're satisfied? This dichotomy between satisfaction and contentment and also complacency and being, you know, average that yeah. I always compete, like, battle with it's yeah. like I want to be fulfilled and content and be okay with life as it is and also be hungry and yes. be wanting more but I don't also mm-hmm. want to have you know my identity so wrapped up in achieving that I forget about who I am being in the process yeah it's a deep question it's a really <laughs> good question I definitely have not mastered this yet uh, I always think about this I think the thing people tend to optimize for is happiness, right? And I I don't think it's a good North Star metric. Like the way I look at this is I am willing to sacrifice happiness in many ways to achieve the best I can be with the best I know. You can't do better than what you know with what you have right now. All you can do is the best you have with your current level of awareness and who you are, right? So actually, I'm going to give you a, this changed my life. This is from a book called Loyalty to Your Soul. This really changed the game for me. Basically, just stipulates this. There's an axis. There's an X axis and a Y axis. And this horizontal axis is your goals, your soul, your, your, your just physical goals, right? I want to make this much money, have this career, have this car, have X, Y, Z. And that's on this axis. On this axis is your soul, which is the, the, like, as you increase, it's more levels of love, more gratitude. So my goals used to be solely focused on this physical plane. And now it's to maximize my potential on the physical plane while simultaneously operating with as much love and gratitude as I can possibly do every day. So there's, a, there, there's, this, there's this harmonization, there's this synchronicity here where it's not just about the material result, it's how am I getting that result? And what is my experience of life in the process of that? That's what I try to focus on is how can I be love? How can I be grateful? How can I be empowering and achieve all these things? But there's no one North Star metric. I think that you want to say, when I hit this, I'm going to be happy. If I hit hundred million or a billion, I'm going to be ecstatic because I know that's false. Because every time I've set goals that the achievement of them has never brought me happiness ever. And once you've done that 20 times, you don't have to be that smart to realize it's just not the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so what is the thing then? It's, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's, it's the process. 
like every day, do you live a life that you're proud of? Do you look in the mirror in the morning? Are you proud of yourself, right? So what are the things you have to do to be proud of how you're living your life? For me, I have to be in great physical shape. I have to be pursuing a mission alongside people that challenges me and forces me to grow. And I, I have to be stimulating my mind and growing. And if I'm doing those things, I am happy and content to an extent, but I'm okay with the negative emotions too. I think people really avoid like, oh man, the goal of life, the goal of life is to be super happy. If you're always pursuing happy, you're living a cheap life. Mm. It's just a cheap life because greatness and people who change the world, do you think Gandhi was happy all the time when he was, you know, starving or uh, Nelson Mandela when he was being tortured inside a prison cell for 30 years, but like that man lived a life worth living, mm. right? And so for me, it's about that North Star metric of, are you doing things that fulfill you? And are you living your mission? So but not everyone figures out their mission right away. It takes time. But when you're living your mission, you love the suffering and you love the joy, the ecstasy, the frustrations. Like you learn to just love that whole process and just fall in love with life because you're pursuing something worthy of yourself. For me, that's more important than hitting, a, hitting one particular milestone or having certain chemicals in my body that day that tell me I'm happy right? It's about, am I pursuing something worthy of my potential? And can I look myself in the mirror every night and in the morning and say, I'm proud of what you did today. Yeah. That's an easier day-to-day -day metric for me. Mm. I love that. I love that. What, when you're in startup mode and you're scaling a business at the rate that you are, does balance oh. exist in your world? <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Intentional imbalance mm -hmm. is how I look at it. Because you can't be world-class in everything. Like I could not right. have a family that I was a world-class dad and husband to right now. Like that would be just not possible. And so I think being okay with being imbalanced intentionally yeah. in certain areas of your life saying, what do I value and what am I indexing on right now? And so this is my baby. And this, this is the platform that I'm building the rest of my life on. Like I want to change the world. I want to I, I want to do big, big things that requires a lot of wealth and requires a lot of resources. And I know my why and, and where I'm going. And so I'm totally okay with that. I've already negotiated the price in advance. So mm -hmm. I don't wake up like, oh shit, this is hard. Should I quit? I've done the negotiation. The contract is signed. Now, if I have a girlfriend, she's coming on board with that contract. Sure. Right. right? But at least that's signed and that's, that's the priority. Yeah. That's the purpose. And so I'm okay with that. But at the same time, I always take care of my health as number one. So you got to know your values hierarchy. There's like health, wealth, relationships, uh, you know, fun, travel, adventure, safety and security are super low for me. Um, I'm, I'm willing, cause I have a belief similar, like a, a bird on a branch when the, when the branch breaks, the bird knows it can fly. I know that if I ate shit and went to zero, I could figure my way back and I have enough, you know, years in my life, hopefully where I'd have time for that. So the safety and comfort is not important to me right now. And so that's why I think everyone has to be really just self-aware and honest with themselves about what they're prioritizing. Not everyone wants this and that's okay. You don't have to say like, Oh, I'm not going to listen to this guy. Cause I don't want his life. You should reflect on what's important to you. And so building businesses and building wealth and building these resources and connections is the most important thing right now that will help me actualize my higher purpose in this next stage. I'm going to go into after this that I think I was put on the planet for that is what excites me. And so to that point, I think what every man needs, and I, I could say this about women too, but I, I just feel like, especially saying this for men, men need purpose. Like, and a woman wants to be with a man with purpose. And so I think a man's purpose should always be his number one. He, like he, he should be focused on becoming somebody of value for the world and honing his gifts to be everything he can be to create the most value for people around him. And so that's just one of my personal beliefs. And so I think everything kind of falls into place from that. Chris, I, I want to know your top three books that really started your journey. And then the three books that you're on, like most recently that have continued to help that evolution, just, just right off top. Well, funny you asked that question, Jess, because on that top three, for sure, hey. it's happy pocket full of money, <laughs> yes. which you gave me. Uh, that's a must have guys. It's a must read book. Oh, it, honestly, everyone in our company has read it. And it's led to some crazy breakthroughs, but in a nutshell, you got to read it. It's, it's the perfect blend of a spiritual understanding of the world and how to manifest your dreams. I, just read the book. I don't even have to give you a synopsis. <laughs> Happy pocket full of money, I would say is in there. 
if you're into spirituality or want to figure out how to have a deeper spiritual purpose on the planet, and you feel like you might be overstimulating your intellect and understimulating your soul, and you want to have a deeper connection to a higher being, uh, whether you're religious or you're not religious, or you're looking for spirituality, loyalty to your soul okay. is a really, really phenomenal book. Um, and there's so many that could go in there. Like Psycho-Cybernetics, I know. Psycho-Cybernetics is the best book I've read on identity. I think that's just a fundamental mm -hmm. book. And I would caveat that with, um, you know, if you haven't read it, some of these are kind of like, some people haven't heard of them, but Atomic Habits is fundamental. Like yeah. it's just yeah. read that freaking book, please. Uh, and then if you want to actually start manifesting your business goals better and be more structured and be, become a better operator, like you have all these ideas, you're inspired, you're doing some personal work and you're like, how do I become a more efficient operator of my life? The 12 week year is a must read. I use my, my entire life fits into that whole system. And I, okay. I architect my entire life around the 12 week year. And it's basically saying you don't have four quarters, you have four years. So instead of planning one year goals, you do three month goals, which are individual years. So you have four years every year. And you architect around three priorities and you have an entire system that allows you to like, you know, four X or more your productivity compared to most people. I wonder if, yeah, that sounds Starting really interesting. And also as it relates to your quantum time leaping kind of mentality, that's a very interesting strategy. And I, as it relates to habits, something that I know that you've said, which I think is incredible is that the closest thing to the limitless pill is a stack of good habits. Oh. I mean, there are so many people out there that are just trying and looking for the secret sauce. Like what's the pill, the magic thing that I can take and everything in my life is going to, to shift and change. As somebody who's trying to get off Adderall right now, I'm going to tell y'all it ain't it. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it. Talk about that though. Talk about why you think a sack of good, ha good habits is, is the, is the sauce. And what are your habits? Yeah. And what does that look like? It is the sauce guys, because yeah. your habits are basically your unconscious actions and the, the compound of all your actions create your results in life. Yeah. And so your habits are the limitless pill because if, as you stack habits, um, they compound, the compound effect is real. So let me put it this way. If you were to do four months of pure focused effort in the gym, you did five workouts a week, you hit all your macros, you did all the right habits in four months, you'd have a complete physical transformation. Yeah. You apply the same thing to your business. You have a complete transformation in your business because you're doing the right things. You're doing a series of the right things. Mm -hmm. And so that also goes to say that you got to get rid of the negative habits, right? Cause those are the things that are taking you further away from your goal. So for me, as I look at like personal habits, one, it's six days in the gym a week. It's clean macros, six days. I give myself a little cheat day. You know, you need to be intentional with the food you put in your body because that's where you get your energy from, right? And when you feel good, you perform well. Um, reading, constantly spending my mind, listening to podcasts every single day, um, prioritizing and planning my day every day. So not just going into my day as like a passive onlooker of, hey, what does the day have in store for me? But taking the day by the horns and saying, what outcomes do I want to produce today? Why are they important? And what is my massive action plan for getting those done? And then making that a non-negotiable for getting those done. Like those are just a few key habits that help a lot. And then I'd say another big one for me would be meditation. And I'm not, for me, meditation comes in a lot of different flavors. It's not um, just sitting there and quieting your mind. That's not really extremely valuable for me. Uh, it's, it's using visualization and emotional techniques to create a new reality in your brain and in your body that then allow you to transform from the inside out and then manifest things quicker. So every morning, what I do is I sit down and this is heavily influenced by Joe Dispenza. I sit down and I decide who I no longer want to be, what emotions from the past don't belong in my future. I release those emotions and those thoughts and that old person. So I'm literally killing myself every day and recreating it, right? And then from there, I say, okay, who do I want to be? What do I want my day to look like? What's my future vision? And I just visualize these things in my life that I see going the way I want them to go. And I know this is going to be a tough conversation. I got to have at 10 o'clock. What am I, how am I going to react in that conversation? So I'm like, I'm pre-planning and, and rehearsing how I want to show up. And I'm creating a new self in my mind before I even go through my day. And then the most important part is, I bring that emotion in. So I actually, I call it vibrationalization. It's not just practicing the visualization, but practicing the vibration of how that feels. Cause I want to teach my body 
how this next version of myself feels so I can get my body comfortable with being this next person because your body, your subconscious rejects anything that isn't in alignment with what it is or what it feels comfortable having. So I want to teach my body, how does it feel to have $100 million sitting in my account? How does it feel to have 50 people and have all this, you know, all this going on? How do, how do I operate in this chaos? I like to picture it and feel it and see all this crazy stuff happening around me, but I'm just cool, calm and smiling. Right. And practicing that is training my body to operate that way for that future event. So I like to do these rehearsals and stuff and be really intentional with what I'm creating. Then I get up, plan my day and I execute as that person, not as who I was. Right. So I think those are just a few of my habits, but your habits are the building blocks of your entire life. So if you want to change your life, the only way is to change your habits and to get rid of the bullshit that's holding you back that's causing you to not trust yourself or have a lower opinion or identity. So maybe it's smoking cigarettes, maybe it's binge eating cake every night at 10 PM. You know, maybe it's watching shit TV four hours, four hours a day. And you're like, wow, I feel like I could really be doing something better for my mind and my goals, but you got to get rid of those habits and replace them with habits that build trust, build credibility and build enthusiasm for life. And those over time, if you stick to them, it's going to be conscious effort for the first month, two months, three months, then it's like brushing your teeth. You just become this unconscious, natural high-performance machine that rapidly manifests things. What you just described, this is Dr. Joe heavily, heavily influenced and, and yeah. done a lot of his work. And it's, it's crazy. Like you have to be wired for these things in order for them to show up in your life. And you are, you basically created infrastructure in your habits to stay in a space of creation. So 90% of our time we're in survival and that's just the matrix that we've, we're living in right now. If you don't set infrastructure up in your life to be in creation mode, then mm. you're basically just living based off of your environmental factors and you're just pinging and perpetuating more and more and more. So you, what you just described is a complete energetic infrastructure for you to stay in a space of creation. And, and pull a vision towards you. And you guys, this is the same thing as like, you know, Olympic athletes running a race in their head over and over and over and over and over again, and then going and running the race and actually having those things happen. When, when you're rehearsing that, when you're living that, when you're being that, and then you walk up at, in, into your world, do you think that you're going to show up as a completely different version of yourself? Absolutely. hundred percent across the board. And, but the habits I've never heard somebody describe like I, there's all sorts of different things that you can do to stay in the space of creation and, and, you know, visualize and do all those things, but you have set up an entire infrastructure for you to stay out of survival and in creation so that every single day you're walking out into the world and you are probably synchronistically having the most insane things unfold and, and talk about quantum leaping and jumping timelines. Like you are collapsing, collapsing timelines and able to actually have results magnetize you a hundred times faster because you're living in that visual you're living in that picture and that is what you're holding to be truth and therefore you're putting your head up for air and that is what you've then created mm -hmm. versus this perpetuating of this reality that we're staring at over and over and over again in survival mode and then constantly getting more validation that that's true and then living in this space of more and more survival and not thinking that you can actually break through and get out of that you have not only broken out of the matrix my friend but you have created energetic infrastructure to continue that evolution of that creation process across the board. And I just think it's super, super dope. And if there's anything that you can tell anybody that's listening in on, on ways that maybe they're, they're realizing that they're in the, ma the matrix right now, maybe they're realizing that they, they need to step out of that. But again, like you said, our physiology is going to constantly hold us back and try to keep us where we are because that's what's safe. That's what's comfortable. That's yeah. it's like walking into the, the, from the shallow end to the deep end and your toes barely touch and your whole body kind of freaks out. It's like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And instead of, you know, kind of freaking out, that's when you just float and you get, yeah. you, you build that trust in yourself that you can actually surrender. And I just want you to share with people if they're in that space of breaking the matrix and everything is fighting against it. What are the things that you've done to stay in that creation process? I mean, these habits are amazing, but again, we're, we're going to be fighting against our physiology and there's going to be moments of like, fuck, this sucks. This is hard. This is all. <laughs> what are those things yeah. for you that Chris, that Chris does to stay in the really good question. I'll say this when it comes to the matrix, I don't think we can ever fully escape it. 
<laughs> I, I wouldn't say I've escaped it. I'd say in moments I have, and in certain areas of my life I have, but I think the matrix is an invisible force of limitation. And because it's impossible to be completely limitless as a human by nature, although we part aspire to human. it, you know, it's part of being, it's part of the human condition. You know, I've broken through some of it, but I think I'm still in the matrix in many areas. And how do I know that? Cause I don't have certain results that I want. I'm still at the whim of other people's programming. So the way I look at it is this, the matrix is all of the programming from all the institutions, whether it's the government, whether it's your school teachers, whether it's the media, there's a lot of people that create the rules for the world. They're not smarter than you and I, they just figured out how to get into positions of power and they're not better, but they, there's a select amount of people that control the world. They write the rules and everyone else is kind of living in those rules. Or it could even be the thing that happened to you when you were 10 years old that you've been carrying around that you don't even know that you're carrying Absolutely. around. No one, no one wrote that for you. It's just no one wrote that. that Your human reptilian brain just encoded some shitty code in you. Yeah. And it's a bug. It's a bug. It's, a, it's an error in your thinking, but you don't know it's an error yet. But the matrix, I just look at the matrix as, is, is imposed or self-imposed limitations. Everyone's been programming you to think a certain way. And a lot of it's been their self-interest. The media and marketing will program you to think that something is missing within you so you can buy their product to feel what you want to feel. You know, the school system was built for you to become a nine to five factory worker, make the rich people richer without complaining. So they teach you to get A's and not color outside the lines because they don't want you to think critically for yourself. And the, that was an institution built to power these corporations, right? The, the more we get into this, we see that a lot of these institutions that we've given our power away to and blindly trusted are not built for our best interest. They're not meant to serve us. And it's hard for people to actually grip that. I think people are very quick to give up their power to authority and blindly trust these figures. But I question everything. Who actually has my best interest? What are their motivations? Why would my best interest be above their economic and power interests? It's just, there's constantly going to be people and forces outside of you that are programming you and trying to convince you to do things and to think a certain way that benefits them. Mm -hmm. And if you're not aware of those things, you become a puppet, you become a slave to other people's whims. And they're so good at it. They've convinced you that it's really what you want. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you can even start by asking yourself the question, what do I want and why do I want it? Do I want it because I've been just conditioned to want it because that's what my parents wanted because that's what they wanted for me because that's what everybody around me is doing because that's what my friends were doing or is it because there's a deep yearning and pull and desire in my soul that wants to do this I think yes. that's a good indicator is just ask yourself why do I want the things do I want is it because that's, it looks cool it. or because I have a, a deep 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 yearning yes that's a good it's a great question why do I want the things that I want and why do I believe what I believe? Like yeah. try to trace back your beliefs. When you, someone's like, why is that? You're like, I, I know this. You're like, well, give me the genesis of that belief. Where did you even get it? Let's trace it back and see where it came from. You're like, oh shit, I don't even know why I believe that. So it, it's having the humility and vulnerability to really question yourself. Most people just don't want to question who they are. And you know, one of the quotes, I can't remember the exact quote from the matrix, but it was something like some people are so dependent on the matrix, they'll even fight to defend it, mm -hmm. even when it, it goes against their interests because they're so addicted to it and they need it, they need it to survive. And so to, to that point, when I was 24 or so, like when I got out of college, my only goal, I literally, this is my goal. I swear to God, when I make hundred K, I'm going to be the man and my life will be figured out. Like, I, was like, I just got to make 100K and I'll be the man and everything in life will just work out. I just believe that. And so I went hard as hell. You know, when I hit my first six figures when I was in my young 20s, that's when I was like, oh shit. Okay, that was not really the feeling I was after. I'm glad I have some money now because it's cool going on a date and not being like, oh shit, next time we got to go take a walk, right? Like, <laughs> like that was nice. But, uh, but I was like, oh, there's got to be more. And then I read a quote on Instagram and it said, if your life was a book, would you want to read it? And I'm like, that quote got me thinking. I'm like, oh shit, I don't want to read my book. And I was like, why? And I realized like, I'm like, oh, I'm really just following the steps that I thought I was supposed to do, right? I went to a good college. My mom's like, hey, be a great employee, do your nine to five stuff, make money, have healthcare benefits, you know? And I had this, I had a very black and white, like blue, traditional blueprint that was created by the matrix, right? That, that governs most of our lives here. 
And then I decided to break through the matrix then and there. I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm picking up the pen and write my book. I quit my job, even though I was, I was making more money than ever before. I quit my job. I gave away literally everything I owned. I started over. I took a backpack and I went and traveled to 25 countries, right? And I did shit that completely defied my identity, right? I'd never done yoga. I went, became a yoga teacher in India in the mountains, right? I'd never ridden a motorcycle. I took a motorcycle across Vietnam in a monsoon for a month. And I, you know, I'd never traveled alone. I went to live in a slum in Kenya and teach English there alone. And just, I did all these things that like completely shocked who the hell I thought I was. And it, it was my first time picking up the pen and writing the story that I wanted. Even when my mom was like, what the fuck are you doing? Even when my boss at the time was like, why the hell would you leave? This is idiotic. Like, I was like, you know what? I'm done listening to any voice outside of my own conscious. Like at that point, I'm like, my conscience knows who I must be and what I must do. And I'm unwilling to listen to anybody else ever again. And I think that was the first time I got in, you know, into that, oh shit, I'm going to unplug here. But, you know, like we said, unplugging, it's a process. It's an evolution. I'm still trapped in the matrix in, in many ways. I don't even know uh, that I'm still uncovering. But I think the, the message here, guys, is that you are capable of so much more than what the world has told you you are. And everything you don't think you can have, I think you can. And I think you just have to take responsibility that your past night might not have been what you think your past should have been to allow you to get where you want to go, or you might not have the skills right now or the friends of the network. None of that shit matters. It matters that if knowing what you want and just being tenacious and saying, I'm going to go fucking get it. And it's the people that believe that know what they're capable of in their hearts. And they're willing to have the courage to go out there and defy what other people say is possible and follow that voice and prove people what's possible, show people what's possible. And when you show yourself what's possible, you've unplugged now, you can unplug other people. And that's the beauty of life. It's not about you. You're, the pain you're going through, your limitations, they're not for you. You're supposed to break through them for other people. Because once you do that, you can wake other people up to their potential. And that's when life gets fun. So get out of the matrix, get beyond your fears and your limitations and who you say you are, become who you really want to be. And then dedicate the rest of your life to helping, helping other people do that. And that is probably the best formula for success and fulfillment I could possibly think of. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. I mean, for me, I'm walking away from this conversation knowing one, I can quantum leap. I can condense timeframes. I can collapse timelines and I can go and have this new identity with myself and, and build that. I mean, it's a process. I'm going to go build that, but I can look up in 90 days from now and see a completely different reality, all based off of the reference points of, of what you just showed me was possible in this conversation. So thank you so much for this, like Chris, for real, like you just dropped some, some golden game, my friend, and I appreciate you for it. Yeah. So, so good. And you guys, none of this is possible without the first thing, which is just, just a choice. Yeah. You know, you just Fine. have to choose it. You got to decide. And none of this happens on accident. You don't wake up one day in a penthouse in Miami with a, a business, you know, doing a million dollars a month because you thought about it one night, you know, it's, it's an intentional choice every single day and to put in the work, to put in the effort and to, to create a vision that's worth getting up and getting excited about. And, and that's, I think the through line in all of this is it takes intention leaders, champions, the 1% of the world, they're not moving just accidentally unconsciously through their lives. They're choosing with intention. And so that's my ask and my encouragement to you guys that you take away from this episode today is that you make intentional choices. Um, and Chris, just thank you for, for your wisdom and, and for your words and bringing that to, to this audience today. I'll say one last thing to, to wrap it up. There's a quote by Jason Lemkin. He's a iconic entrepreneur. He said, maybe you'll look back 10 years from now and think, shit, it wasn't worth it. But you probably would have been a lot less alive if you hadn't tried. And I think that's the key is go pursue something that makes you come alive and stop being so worried about the outcome. Stop worrying if you're going to quote unquote fail. Stop worrying about, am I going to be happy every day if I do this? Go out there and pursue something that makes you come alive. And that could mean you have fear at times. It could mean you have anxiety, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Just pursue something that's worthy of your potential. Step into your role as Neo in your life. Like you are the one, you're the only one who can change your life and you can do anything, but you first have to believe it. But 
don't be so cooped up and, and caught up in what other people are telling you you can do or what you think you should do or pursuing these cheap emotions. Go pursue something meaningful where you're going to look back 50 to 100 years from now in your rocking chair in the metaverse and be like, damn, I pursued something that excited me, that made me come alive and was worth my time on the planet. And for me, regardless of how the outcomes go, like that's the best way to live with no regrets and to be happy at the end of the day. So I'll leave it there. Great. Love talking to you too. This is so good. You guys, if you want to get started right now, I encourage you go download the Upgrade Your Reality Roadmap. It's in the show notes. We're gonna make it super easy to, for you to find it and share this episode with a friend. Follow Chris. Where can they find you, Chris, online? And how can they know more about what you're doing and where do you hang out? Chris Vasquez on LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram is at Chris Vasquez Official. Probably the two best places. There you go. So take a screenshot, tag Chris, tag Jess, tag myself and follow the Coachable Podcast on Instagram so you can stay connected to all that we're doing here. Thank you. All right, guys, till next time, go be coachable. We love you. We'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.